you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name's Colin. I'm the C uh, returning from across the world. Uh, is on the Z? Hello, Zijan. Hello, I'm back. Um, welcome back to the United Kingdom. Uh, did Did you have to spend some time in a hotel, or, you, or did you not? No, not a hotel, but I am in uh, quarantine. Oh, I'm going to tell you this, Colin. A few things. I spent three hours at Heathrow. Oh yeah, but, that must have been fun. Yeah, you know, trying to trying to get out. Yeah, in the queue <laughs> with a lot of other people because obviously you know standing in line with a lot of people is definitely not a hot spot for <laughs> a, a virus or anything, right? So why not? Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> there was three hours of that, and then yeah, now I'm in uh, home quarantine. Right. The the police actually came and visit me as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that? Wow. Okay. Uh, just to, just to check that you're quarantining. Yeah, I know, right? I I did expect that. I was no. like, oh, okay. Personal how service. Will find, yeah. How will people find out whether I was in quarantine or not? But to be honest, though, I mean. All they did was just say, oh, are you Mr. Chong? They said, yes. Have you been in, at home for X number of days? They said, yes. Okay, yeah. we trust you. I mean, I guess, bye, bye. I guess if you if you weren't in when they came, that would be the, uh, that'd be the how they catch <laughs> yeah. you. But, um, yeah, otherwise. within that, like, that five-minute uh, time period. Yeah, yeah. definitely. They were caught me. Oh, well. Well, <sighs> uh, good to see that uh, our tax our tax is going to... Uh, I know, right? <laughs> the police go knocking on your door. Was it? <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, today we're talking about uh, Star, the new uh, section of Disney Plus, which uh, our American listeners will not be familiar with uh, because I think you've got all that stuff on Hulu. But um, across much of the rest of the world, including uh, Europe and I think Australia, where we've got a few listeners and, and elsewhere, uh, Star is the the new, uh, more adult themed, and by that I don't mean pornographic. I mean uh, it's not for kids. Uh, Disney Plus thing. We're also um, what else are we doing? We're talking about Dance with the Wolves. We're doing a quiz on Tina Fey and Amy Poehler films, uh, and much, much more. Much more. But I have to, I have to, you know, put it in front that you know this this podcast is not sponsored by Disney Plus. But if you would <laughs> like to sponsor us, Mister um, Disney, yes. and people, or please do. I mean, this entire podcast is dedicated to you guys. We're not getting any commission from this. We're not. Know? We're not. Um, in fairness, if anyone wants to sponsor us, I'm not fussy. <laughs> Which is like a Patreon page. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah, I mean, even, even in like Gerard Butler, who I've said some horrible things about on this podcast, I will happily take his sponsorship money if he wants to um, <laughs> personally sponsor the podcast. Like, quite fairly recently, I, I can't remember if it was um, the last episode. I think it was the last episode, so you weren't here, Susan. I talked about Greenland. Were you here when I talked about Greenland? Uh, I have no idea. No, There's uh, a film starring Gerard Butler that I, I quite liked, and it turns out that um, Chris Evans was going to do it, and then he got um, he got replaced by Gerard. Yes, Butler. I was here. I definitely yes. remember this now. Cool, uh, every, listeners. Every now and again, Zijan will message me something saying that he's never heard of a film, and I point out <laughs> that we've talked about it at length in the podcast, but um, or even sometimes that happens on the podcast. Anyway, let's do some news, Zijan. Uh, have you got any news whilst you've been uh, well, whilst you've been home home uh, quarantining? Well, I'll just continue from where I where I left on uh, before I before I went on. Holiday oh yeah, okay. Stuff. Yeah, uh, basically, Golden Globe Awards. Uh, the awards came out. Uh, uh, we were talking about nominations mm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, yeah, Nomadland won uh, Best Picture and Best Director as well uh, for Chloe Zhao. Yeah. And now as well, they've been nominated in the BAFTAs as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure they are the front runners right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, Oscar nominations are coming out this Sunday or Monday, if I'm not mistaken. They are indeed, yeah. Um, yeah well. I'm pretty sure you'll see those names up 
there as well. Also, the rise is out. <laughs> uh, with uh, Robert Downey Jr. being nominated. <laughs> yes, for um, Doolittle. Doctor Doolittle, <laughs> and Hathaway as well for two films, including The Witches. Uh, I've not seen that. No, uh, but not for her. I think maybe her most recent film about a lockdown heist, which is being. I've only seen one review, but they hated it. And I guess maybe she's uh, already favourite for next year's Rosies. Uh, yeah, no, no, Madland, in fact, is coming to Disney Plus, uh, speaking of which, on the 30th of April. Oh, nice. So, so I'll be able to watch it there. Uh, yeah, the BAFTAs have got a very um, uh, eclectic set of uh, nominations, which seems to be quite different to what's, what's being nominated elsewhere. Which is it really thing. is, and obviously they have like a best film and best British film as mm, well. Mm. Uh, best the best British film category has like ten nominees in it or something. It's a huge category. But I think I'm right in saying that Carrie Mulligan wasn't nominated um, for Promising Young Woman, which where she's been nominated in a lot of other places. And I thought, being British, she might stand a good chance. But uh, hmm. yeah, no, they've gone for. Uh, I think they've faced criticisms for not being diverse enough in previous years, and they've gone very diverse this year. And I've seen. Almost none of the films involved. No, nope, <laughs> so, nope, no, me yeah. neither. So there you go. Well, I did see Rosamund Pike won, um, won a Golden Globe for uh, I Care A Lot, which I have seen. Uh, me too. I have seen that. Are you going to talk about that? Have you spoken about that? Uh, I, maybe I did that when you weren't here. I certainly have spoken. I've, I've, yeah, it must have been last episode. I talked about it. Um, yep, cool. I can carry off. Cool. Um, I, know that you don't, I know you don't listen to the episodes you're not on. <laughs> So weird. Sometimes, maybe. Oh yeah. You should do a quiz about your ones. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kenneth Branagh is going to be directing the Bee Gees biopic. So um, the the latest in a long line of musical biopics. We're getting one on the the Brothers Gibb, the Bee Gees. Uh, I, I did grow up with the music of the Bee Gees. Oh yeah. Oh, my dad was a big fan of the Bee Gees. Um, so I grew up with their music being played quite a lot in my household. Oh, really? So, um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to this film. Well, among all the other, well, of all the other biopics that are coming out soon, uh, this is definitely what I'm interested in. Now, when there's a uh, a musical biopic uh, film coming up, I like to try and guess what the title's going to be. Um, <laughs> Staying uh, Alive is the obvious choice, no, I suppose. But, no, uh, there's a film called Staying Alive is, with the songs of uh, the Bee Gees uh, in it already. So, and it's a musical. Nine, so. uh, 1967 New York Morning Disaster. <laughs> <laughs> that could be definitely not. No. Uh, I'm, how deep is your how love? Deep is your how love? deep is your love? There you go. Emotions, um, or just words. Yeah. I, I, want, I wonder if they will go for a title of this one. But yeah, how deep is your love? Seems the obvious choice. Although in this country, I think that's um, uh, widely regarded as being a take that song. <laughs> but never mind. So many BG songs have been widely regarded as different songs. Mm. Remember, remember tragedy. Remember tragedy. Tragedy. That's not. Uh, <laughs> yes, not very uh, Maybe, I, I. This is way off. Uh, you're editing this, aren't you? So maybe you'll cut this out. I don't know. I was looking at the back page of the Times today, and they started advertising um, like gigs and stuff again, and the, and Steps apparently on tour, and it's got the thing saying all their hits, past, present, and future. It's like the Step Steps don't have any future hits. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come now. I mean, they don't have any present hits. All their hits are past. Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> good, good, good on them. I mean, well, you know, people trying. need to make a living these days, right? Like in the pandemic, yes. you know, it's tough. It's tough. First gig my brother ever went to was Steps. I bring that up from time yeah. to time just to. Uh... <laughs> anyway. Okay, well, back to more movie news. Yes. <laughs> uh, more directing news as well. Michael B. Jordan has been confirmed to direct Creed Three. Yeah, this is one of those things that I thought was already confirmed. 
I'm sure we said it months ago. Maybe it's one of our predictions again. Maybe, you know, maybe we, was, we're very good at this. Yeah, so. it was one of our uh, yeah, I think he's definitely been spoken of, but yeah, he's definitely back. Or definitely um, Steven, yeah, Steven Spielberg will direct a film which is loosely based on his childhood um, mm. with Michelle Williams in talks to star in the lead role um, that, re- that echoes of his mother. Yeah, that's interesting. One, I don't really know much about his childhood. Um, nope. But uh, I mean, things like obviously E.T. I think was quite heavily influenced by his childhood. Uh, anyway, so we might see how similar things to that. But, um, and in fact, was it um, Ready Player One, the main kid in that, looks quite a lot like Spielberg did at that age. I wonder if they'll mm. get him back. Depends what age it is, I suppose. I mean, it feels like um, Super 8. That was a... Uh, I know that was... Um, was it, who was that? J.J. Abrams? Was it? No, was it? No, maybe, maybe not. But it was very Spielberg-esque anyway. Um, that felt very much like a kind of the kind of thing Spielberg was doing as a kid, like making films with his friends. Which, um, um, the Mission Impossible cast gets ever greater. Um, <laughs> I thought it's done, really. I thought they stopped filming for some reason. Uh, well, they're filming seven eight back-to-back, aren't they? So I don't know whether which one these are in. And I, yeah, I feel like they're probably not huge roles to be announced at this stage, and they might just be filming stuff. I don't know, but um, uh, Rob Delaney, uh, Mark Gattis, I think it's Gattis, 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 anyway, and Carrie Elwes, um, and a couple of people that I'd never heard of. And when I looked up their IMDb, I didn't recognize anything they were in, and I forgot their <laughs> names. So apologies to them. I uh, look forward to seeing them all. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, solid, I guess. Carrie Elwes wow. is an interesting one, but um, yeah, no, no clue on what they're doing yet. Uh, more growing cast, uh, Robert Zemeckis' Pinocchio, uh, Cynthia Erivo mm. and Joseph Gordon-Levitt are joining uh, as the Blue Fairy and Jiminy Cricket, respectively. Oh, I hadn't seen who they were playing. Oh, Jimmy, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jimmy Cricket is a good shout. Mm. I don't know who the Blue Fairy is. Because it's a fairy, the fairy? That's the one that gave uh, Pinocchio, uh, yeah, who made him turn him to a new, uh, real boy in the end of the film. All right. I'd, I'll be it. honest. It, I'm not. It, it's a long time since I've seen Pinocchio. I, I didn't even know he turned into a real boy in the film. So <laughs> a, I thought that, I thought that happened like halfway through the film. No, no. Isn't the whole thing about him becoming a real boy? He becomes real at the end. First of all, he he becomes a life puppet, which you love, Colin. Cause <laughs> okay, yeah, I bet you love this so much. Yeah, fine. Uh, life puppet, right? Good. So, is it a musical? Yeah. This thing. Uh. The, there's one very um, famous song from Pinocchio, uh, which is When You Wish Upon a Star. Is that from Pinocchio? Uh, huh, I thought it was Cinderella. Yes. Cool. Yes. The Blue Fairy is the, the star that they wish upon. She grants wishes. A Blue and Fairy is also a star? What is this thing? This is mad. Yeah, she, yeah, she does. She comes from the sky, from the star. You'll re- oh, Colleen. I'm going to learn so much. Are we, are we missing so much. Are we doing, so much? Are we, are we doing this? Um, what? Uh, are, are we going to do an episode on Pinocchio? Uh, depends on how desperate we are, yeah. which given what we've been putting out so far, so, yes. pretty desperate. I've, I've got Cruella. <laughs> I've, got, I've got Cruella on the list. I don't know. Why, I don't know why I put that on. What I forgot to do. We've done those. Uh, yet more expanding casts. In fact, seems to be the theme of the of the episode. Dungeons yeah. and Dragons is expanding to include Hugh Grant, uh, who will be playing a villain of some variety. Uh, I don't see Hugh Grant as a big Dungeons and Dragons player myself. Yeah, but he's British, so he's a. Vi- it makes sense. So he's a villain. A villain. I, yeah. Is that still a thing that happened? I know that was a, that was very much true in the eighties uh, and nineties. Is that still true now? I mean, come on. Have you listened to how you sound like? 
I sound villainous, you're saying. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. You know. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, fine. I guess. Uh, good. Good. Hugh Grant. I like Hugh Grant a lot. I think he does has made some fun choices at the moment. But this, I don't know what to make of this one. I don't know what's going on here. Well, it's from the same guy who did the guys who did Game Night, right? So hopefully it'll be good. It can't be that bad. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Uh, more expanding cast, uh, Melissa McCarty will be playing Hela <laughs> in Thor, Love and Thunder. She's playing Hela? Yeah. Didn't Kate Blanchett play Hela? Yeah, she's playing fake Hela, as is oh, Matt Damon right. is playing fake Loki, Luke Hemsworth is playing fake Thor, and Sam New is playing fake Odin. Uh, I saw that Melissa McCarthy was there, I didn't realise that was what she was doing. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it's quite funny though, because apparently she and her husband went on Instagram and tweeted uh, Taika Waititi that say, hey guys, we're in Australia right now, why don't you put us in your film? And then they did. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Um, the rom-com is back, Zijan. Uh, is it? It is. Uh, and I'll tell you for why. Uh, it's because Julia Roberts and George Clooney are going to be uh, in a film called Ticket to Paradise as divorced parents uh, who go after their daughter, who I think has gone to Bali. Um, and I, It's described as a rom-com, so presumably they rekindle their love on, on, on route. Uh, these are not uh, not actors who are in their heyday now, necessarily. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, I think they're both very good. But, I mean, Julie Roberts hasn't had a hit for a while. George Clooney maybe more so, but um, it'd be nice to to see uh, to see them together for the first time since Oceans. Oceans. No, they've done something else, haven't they? No, maybe uh, Money Monster. What's that? I've not heard of that. It wasn't great. Uh, it was <laughs> um, some guy, and I can't remember who who it was. Um, goes on to a, a kind of a money advice TV show and holds the uh, the guy uh, hostage. The guy being George Clooney and Julia Roberts being his producer, I think. Were they married in that as well? I don't. They seem to be married in all the films. Oh, right. I don't. Then. I don't think so. No, it was pretty forgettable, to be honest. But I have it on DVD. Uh. Uh, they don't. <laughs> they do anything else together. That might be it. The oceans ones and the uh, and that. Uh. Yep. Hmm. Exactly. Uh, cool. I do not have any rom coms on my list. No. Uh, I have new Blomkamp. Yes. Uh, who did District Nine? He said that he's writing District Ten. Yeah. Um, uh, Neil Blomkamp had a hit with District 9, the South African director, but he had quite a few films after that, but they were all more misses than hits, unfortunately. Mm, so mm. he's basically going back to his roots in, you know. Come back to the well. It's good, yeah. good film, District 9. Um, but it is. Very good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was on his Wikipedia page um, this week, and uh, the, the number of um, projects that he was attached to that then he either left or never happened. Uh, it's quite long, yeah. Because <laughs> um, he was he was going to do all sorts of aliens films. Basically, I think before Ridley Scott decided that he was interested in making more aliens films um, uh. instead, uh, and Chappie was supposed to be a trilogy and all sorts. But um, yeah, no, you're right. He's he's not had to, the the run of success people were hoping for. Yeah. Uh, Ron Howard is making a film called Thirteen Lives, um, which is about the uh, the rescue of thirteen. People, this uh, football team and their coach uh, in Thailand, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, real life story. Yep. Uh, yep, yep. With Viggo Mortensen, Colin Farrell, and Joel Edgerton uh, all involved. And I don't know who, if any of them, is playing Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask the same question. Uh, being snarky on Twitter. Uh, let's be careful what we say here, Zijan, because Elon Musk um, has a good, very good team of lawyers. Uh, <laughs> 
um, who somehow somehow won uh, his case Did for they? him. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so he he called a guy a pedo. His his uh, his lawyers argued that by saying that he did not mean the guy was a pedophile, and somehow won. I don't know how that happened. Uh, uh, but I uh, I'm not questioning the verdict, Elon. Um, I don't want to. Not directly anyway. Not, I don't want to ruin our sponsorship opportunities. Um, <laughs> From Disney Plus. <laughs> Disney Plus. They don't want to be attached to people who've been sued for uh, for libel or slander. Uh, that's all the news I have. So we move on to our next segment to see or not to Z, where we talk about films that we have recently seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or not Z them. Now, Zijan, uh, uh-huh. you've been stuck in your, your house with only the occasional policeman for company. Uh, you must have been watching films. Uh, I have watched the latest Disney film, Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, yes. Did you, um, I, this is being recorded, and we're hoping for that Disney Plus sponsorship, so I won't ask you how you watched it. Um, I watched it. Legitimately, did you? Oh, Disney well, oh Plus. excellent. Okay, did you have to? Is this one of those ones you have to pay like 15 quid to watch or something? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea, Colin. <laughs> so, um, Ryan, the last dragon, I was talking about this uh last year. Um, this will be one of the Disney princesses which um, is set in Southeast Asia, and this will be the first Southeast Asian princess we've ever had, right? And it's it's uh, generic Southeast Asia, or, or it is yeah. generic Southeast Asia. Okay. They, we have like the 10 countries in Southeast Asia, um, 11 right now, I think, and they just group them in one, okay. uh, one, one princess, really, right? Um, yeah, so it's about uh Raya, who is the name of the, the, the princess who is out to seek, uh, I believe, is it a dragon's egg or dragon's stone? Uh, mm-hmm. basically trying yeah. to uh, recover the pieces for the dragon's stone, and on the way, she met the last dragon who is called Sisu, who's uh, voiced by Okofina. Ah, okay. Mm, exactly. So, yeah, um, I felt the film a bit underwhelming oh yeah so although i did appreciate like you know the homage to southeast asian culture you know you see people in paddy fields and the food looks very you know southeast asian-esque and the animation is stunning it's like probably one of the best work you know disney just keeps better and better getting better and better when it comes to animation honestly Hmm. the water work like it's incredible yeah okay the the story just felt a, a little flat so it felt like one of those uh, questing stories. She'll go to a different part and to collect a part of the stone in order to bring it back together. So they, she has to go to like five different places. So you just zoom by different places very quickly. So a quest like, kind of thing. Yeah. It's a quest kind of thing. It's like it's like it feels very Star Wars. The last, the last, um, uh, last yes. episode. You know when she when they go. Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Yeah. Here and there, just to get things done, or, or even like onward. When it was, you know, yeah, I guess need so. to do this, to do this, that to do this. That sounds like Hollywood. That was the first thing I thought of, yeah. Yeah. So, the thing is, the locations change so frequently, you just don't get time to absorb what's happening, which is a bit annoying. Uh, and, yeah, and, uh, although as much as I love Okofina, having a, a dragon having a queen's accent was a little bit distracting as well. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm not too, I don't know, like, you know, Southeast Asia, it's a, it's a very strong accent as well. It's not like a neutral accent. Right, <laughs> because right. Okofina has a very strong Queen's accent. So, um, okay. yeah, so as much as, we'll, I, I, as much as I wanted to like this film, I didn't, which is uh, a shame. Okay. I wasn't planning to watch it, but that was the same. Um, will you be watching the live action remake in 20 years' time? <laughs> Depends. Will I be in it? Uh, no. 
No. It's immune. I've made that decision. <laughs> um, it won't be. Uh, fine. Uh, I've been watching a few things. Uh, one of which is The Rocker, which in fact is on Star, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but I cannot, uh, in all honesty, recommend it because it's not very good. Um, so it stars Rain Wilson, who is best known as uh, Dwight Schrute from The Office. As uh, he was a drummer in a band they um, called Vesuvius, they kicked him out and then went on to become huge. Uh, it's following him like twenty years later or something, and um, he starts up a or joins the, um, his nephew's band, and they also get huge. Has a young uh, Emma Stone as the guitarist or the bassist, I think, in the um, hmm. in the band. But it's really um, bad. It's uh, I mean, <laughs> it, it's not funny. Um, Rain Wilson, I think, is really good in the office. I think very, very funny in the office. But um, I don't know whether there's a bit of pressure of being the lead or something. But he's just a lot of kind of pratfalls and just really um, unfunny stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Christina Applegate's in it; she's pretty good. But um, no, it's, it's, it's definitely not worth a watch. Um, I also saw on Amazon Prime um, a new contender for the, the the saddest film I've ever seen. Um, okay. Um, called Katie says goodbye. Um, so the, the the current uh, lead of the saddest film I've ever seen, I think, is Changeling, uh, which I won't talk okay. about too much because anyway. But Katie says goodbye. So Katie, uh, as played by Olivia Cook, I think, um, is basically she's a waitress but also a prostitute, um, and she's seventeen, I think. Uh, but during the course of the movie. Um, her boyfriend gets really mad that she's sleeping and feels so she says she'll stop but then someone rapes her and then she doesn't believe or he, he doesn't believe her and then she lose, someone frames her for stealing and uh, she gets fired and her mum runs off with all her money um, basically just loads of horrific stuff happens to her that sounds so depressing um, yeah and at the end then she's kind of walking away to start it she's got this whole these plans to like move to San Francisco and to start a new life and she's saving all this money and then her mum steals it all and runs off um but she at the end of the film she's walking away from the cafe like and they've got this look of determination or steeliness or something and i think we're supposed to think oh she's going to be fine she's going to make it work she's going to get to san francisco and I'm like okay but i don't know how because she's got no money or job and she can't afford the rent and she doesn't have a vehicle and everything is horrific so there you go um if you want to <sighs> if you want a sad time <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, Katie says what goodbye. Daughter, Colin. Yeah, I, I, when I went, I wasn't expecting. What is a tail mood down? Yeah, I really wasn't expecting that when I started watching it. Um, yeah, I, I listen, it's not very good. If I'm, I mean, she is. She her performance is very good. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's worth seeking out. So there you go. There's two films not to bother. Watch, well, three films, including yours, not to bother watching um, this episode. Uh, we move on then. <laughs> we, can, we can bring it back. See, so we can. We can lift uh, the mood. I should have. I should have ended with the rocker, shouldn't I? Um, yeah, you should have. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we move on to talk about Star. So I, I'm a Disney Plus subscriber. Uh, Zijan, I think it's best for you not to say whether or not you are based on the amount of <laughs> Disney Plus stuff you've admitted to watching. Um, um, and I, when I signed up to Disney Plus, I wasn't expecting quite so much uh, kids content, which is stupid because Disney is a kids thing mostly. Um, so the first year or so has been a little bit of a, of a waste of money, but now we've got all the, uh, the we've got WandaVision, which um, which is wonderful, um, mostly, although let's not talk too much, we, we don't do TV, uh, and now we've got 
Star, which is mostly the Fox back catalogue, but basically films. It seems like it, yeah. Not for kids. Um, so we thought we'd just uh, give some recommendations and um, sort of through some of this. So if you, uh, the listener, have got Disney Plus or are thinking about it, here are some films you might want to seek out. Uh, Zijan, do you want to kick us off? So I don't know how updated this list is uh, or how updated it compared to. I, I, because you said that um, Nomadland is coming out on Disney Plus, right? On Star. Mm-hmm. So, like, is there a new list? Because the list I have on. Um, I don't know. That, that was only announced in the last day or two, I think. So. Nah, fair enough. Well, so I'm going to go a little bit out there and say that the first film that I would recommend uh, to people watching is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Ah, which I've never seen, but I have added to my, my watch list on Disney+. Plus. So t- uh, tell me why I should be watching it, Susan. So, so like, this is one of the new remakes of uh, uh, Planet of the Apes, um, starting with, I believe, Rise of the Planet of the Apes with uh, James Franco. Uh, this is the sequel set 10 years later. You don't really need to know what happened in Rise of Planet Apes to watch this film. And I think this is better than the first one anyway. Right. Uh, this stars uh, Jason Clark, Gary Oldman, Andy Serkis as the the main ape, uh, Caesar. Mm. And it is really, really good. Yeah, it's really, really so good. Um, I've seen Rise of, and I didn't like it much. Um, so I, did, I stopped watching it, but... Uh, I should I should return to the series or something. Yeah, you definitely should. Um, this this one focuses on obviously ten years later, so uh, the humans are a small struggling bunch now, uh, and Caesar, who is the main uh, chimpanzee uh, in the original film, uh, played by Andy Serkis, uh, is struggling to maintaining dominance uh, on his uh, tribe of fellow apes. Hmm. Um, and then there's another there's another uh, ape trying to gain dominance uh, as well, and then you know talks about some philosophy that all, not all humans are evil because they always have this, you know, this war. Be- Hashtag not all, not all humans. Yep. <laughs> not all humans, yeah. So, and not all apes are good and kind as well, um, you know. Uh, and then they just get very, yeah, it, it's done really, really well, I would say. Uh, and obviously the, the animation for the, the apes are incredible. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen Andy, I've seen clips and uh, of Andy Circus as Caesar. Um, and it's all very, very impressive. Right. Yeah, I'll I'll give it a watch and see I, uh, see what I I think. Um, I must uh, I must say before I, um that before I go into too much depth, I I've been quite annoyed um with Star, uh partly because there's a lot of films in here that I've recently bought on DVD, <laughs> and all these films I thought <laughs> if I just had a little bit of patience I could have I know right Colin I could have uh, I could have watched it. Uh, on here, which is which is frustrating, but um, here's one that I bought a while ago on DVD, and it's very good. Uh, it's called The Way Way Back. Um, I don't know if you've seen that one. Uh, it's uh, it's a kid who basically goes off and gets employment in a water park. Um, so he's he's gone away with his family for for holiday. He's he's a teenager. He's feeling a bit disenchanted, and maybe and uh, um, yeah, he, he just finds his water park and uh, hangs around uh, with Sam Rockwell mostly. Um, okay. Um, and uh, various others, but uh, it's just this kind of quite um, uh, laid-back. Uh, it's it's got some kind of journeys and lessons and all sorts, not well, lessons, but um, kind of um, development of the character. And you, you, Sam Rockwell at first looks like this really cool kind of guy. He really looks up to, him and then realizes perhaps his life isn't quite as good as uh, uh, as he makes out. He's got his disappointments and things. It reminds you a bit of Adventureland um, if you ever saw that with them. Uh, a similar idea, but yeah, quite gentle. But uh, uh, it's got um, it's got a good supporting cast. 
uh, Alison Janney is in it, um, and uh, yeah, well worth uh, well worth a watch. Hmm. Uh, so hard to okay. There there are a lot of M Night Shyamalan films in this. Oh yeah. This, I just realized that yeah, there's so many of them. Don't watch all all of them. <laughs> Some of them are quite bad. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I say I say that because uh, yeah, I don't have an M Night Shyamalan film on my list, but there are quite a few. I was just putting. I was like, ah, oh, why are there so many? It's very weird. Hmm. But I guess you must else? have had a, a deal with Fox back in the day. Um. <laughs> oh, Disney. Uh, but I'm recommending uh, a horror film. Uh, the Fly. The Fly. I've never seen The Fly. Yeah, it's on Jeff Goldblum. Mm. Classic horror. Uh, on uh, my top 10 films beginning with letter F. Who can forget? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a, a... I say listeners will know that neither of us are big horror fans, but... Uh, yeah, body horror is best. The graphics, the uh, uh, well, the the special effects back then, it's uh, quite impressive. Uh, especially you know trying to make a person look like a fly. Yes. Um, if you can hear clicking in the background, it's because I'm just adding these to my watch list as we go. The fly. Will you watch this, Colin? No, probably not. My my my, yeah. my watch list is filled with things I'm never going to watch, but uh, the intention is there. Um, there's I'm sure. so many films <laughs> um, in fact quite a few I, I was trying to work out whether or not I should be recommending films that I've not seen on here but there's a few on, quite a few on here that I said this is, looks really interesting and I've heard it's good um, but I can't I guess in honesty uh, recommend it but it might be given an example of, of what's on here so there's a few um, uh, there's a few Wes Anderson films on here mm-hmm. um, so one I have seen is the Grand Budapest Hotel which I think is my favourite of, of the ones of his that I've seen it is fantastic, though. Yeah, and I kind of made it onto my G list at uh, top ten films with G. I think it either was on it or just missed out. Uh, yeah, no, great cast and really strong um, Wes Anderson vibes to it. So his uh, the way that he frames the shots, his style, yeah, yeah, uh, very very funny. Uh, I think it's quite a good entry point to Wes Anderson because it's more uh, accessible than some stuff, even though it's very clearly him. Uh, so yeah, probably my favourite of his. But there's, there's a couple more which I've not seen, but are on my list as well. So Rushmore, which is one of his earliest films, maybe his earliest. Very uh, early film. Yeah, and The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, which I don't think was quite as popular. Um, but they're both on my list to be watched because I, I like Wes Anderson, but um, uh, a little goes a long way. So I <laughs> I tend to leave long gaps between between going into to watch Wes Anderson films. Hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So I, I I did my list in alphabetical order. And okay. I just realized after like letter M, I didn't like any of the films that comes out from it. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my list just uh, ended for a bit. So uh, other things that I would say you should watch uh, for something more fun, The Devil Wears Prada, always good. Uh, oh, yes. Meryl Streep, uh, Emily Blunt and Hathaway. Any film that introduced the whole world to Emily Blunt, I think it's a very good And film. Stanley Tucci. He, he wasn't really big before that, was he? Um, oh, yeah. Stanley Tucci was great in this as mm. well. Uh, very very good film. I love the Devil's Prada. Con Air, very fun. I know. Uh, I don't think you seen that. I have seen it. Yeah, you didn't like it. Um, I think I, I liked it before Nicolas Cage went all Nicolas Cage. Okay, yeah. So yeah. if you've not seen any of recent Nicolas Cage films, you should watch Con Air. I think it's always good fun. Uh, it's maybe fun is too strong. A word. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very strong word. It's um. Yeah, like, the reason I heard of it, there's a film called How to Lose Friends and Alienate People, which isn't great to be honest. But um, this is a Simon Pegg film. Yeah, and and Simon Pegg's character um, says that the best film I've made is Con Air, 
So uh, it took me another 10 years or so before I actually got around to watching it, but I did watch it a couple of years ago. I, I, I always found Conan enjoyable, but maybe I'm recollecting different parts. Uh... <laughs> it's got some good bits in it. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure I'm sure people love it. I watched Air Force One the other day. That's not relevant to this, other than it's just a... Harrison Ford. I thought it was, it was good, but uh, another another plane. We should do a film film set on planes. That should be our next... Um... <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, I finally get around to watching Snakes on a Plane. Um, I don't know how many films are set on place. Anyway, um, Romeo and Juliet, the, uh, the Romeo Le- plus Juliet, Romeo plus Juliet, uh, yeah. the the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Claire Danes classic. Um, probably up there as one of my favourite films. I guess if you, if, well, not not in the top ten, but it's, it's certainly up there. Uh, and that's if you haven't seen it yet, you probably won't want to, but it's on there uh, if you want to uh, remind yourself of just how good it is. When they met each other uh, through an aquarium. Such a great scene, the aquarium scene. Mm, the aquarium scene. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, Two of I've my... not seen the film before, Colin. You've not, you've not seen <laughs> Romeo plus Juliet? No, I've not seen Romeo plus Juliet. Oh, no. it's so good. It's so I good. I do know the aquarium scene. You know the aquarium scene. I've got, I've got the Funko Pops. That's how good it is, DJ. You've got Funko Pops on everything, Colin, so <laughs> I can't trust that. Yeah, no, that's fair. That is fair. Um, yeah, it's it's... I don't know if you're a lover of Shakespeare, but it's it's uh, it does a good job of blending it with uh, with what for the time was quite up to date. It was 1996, but um, I think it, if you do watch it, the the first ten or fifteen minutes it takes a bit of getting used to. But once you're in that world, uh, so good. I should watch that oh. again. But I can Maybe. now. I mean, I've already got it on DVD, <laughs> but I can watch it on Disney Plus as well. Uh, exactly, and <laughs> so can I because I have Disney Plus. Because you have Disney Plus. <laughs> Uh, I've, got, I've got I've got a couple of so musicals you, on it so you're allergic Sorry. you're allergic to lying Zijan <laughs> I'm Pinocchio <laughs> yep the microphone is being knocked over by your rapidly growing nose yep uh, I've got a couple of musicals on the list so oh, yeah. I've got uh, Evita oh yeah the Madonna uh, yeah the Madonna vehicle for the Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, musical uh, good music she is better than what people think she would be. I've not seen it. In the film. So, um, yeah, um, she's definitely better than what people make her out to be. Uh, and yeah, it's a classic, uh, it's a classic Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Um, most people know their most famous song, uh, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's really good. And this is a film that I know you don't like, Colin, Moulin Rouge. Oh, um, I hate that film so much. Yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> I know you do. Which is basically what people call Romeo and Juliet as well. It's weird. Both Baz Luhrmann, but one of them is so good and one of them is so bad. <laughs> it's, it's not bad. Still, I do love it's the songs fun. from Moulin Rouge. It's fun. The uh, Come What May is great. Come and on. El Tango de Roxanne is great. Oh, I love El Tango de Roxanne. That's brilliant. Hmm. Just a shame about the rest of the film. Um <laughs> A, a mention for Ed Wood, which I've talked about before. I think, did we do a top 10 films? It feels like something we've ever done. I'm pretty sure we have. Yeah. I mean, we're a G now the last yeah. time I heard. So. Um, yes, we must have done. So I, I would put on there, but it's uh, Tim Burton, obviously Johnny Depp. Uh, but it's the sort of true life story, albeit I think very far from, uh, I think very far from the actual facts, but of, of a terrible filmmaker called Ed Wood who made these really schlocky, cheap horror movies. Um, but yeah. It's my favourite Tim Burton film. Um, if you're into Tim Burton, Edward Scissorhands is also on there, and I'm sure others as well. Um, 
I do like Animal Citizens. I've not seen Animal before. Maybe I should on my Disney Plus. On the Disney Plus question that you have, um, you yeah. should do that. You should do that. It's black and white. It's <laughs> classic. We, we basically get 50 pence for every time we mention that. <laughs> <laughs> if only we did, do you? If only we did. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, well, there's another film that I know you like, and there's Bad Times at the El Royale. Mm, which I know that you were not too impressed with. But, uh, no, it's uh, the first, uh, I say it many, many times, yes. Every time I say this, the first two acts are better than the last act. That is true. But um, have you rewatched it or just was? Just was? I've not seen it. Yeah, again. Yeah, I think it gets better the second time um, okay. because you know what's coming. Because yeah, you're right. The third act does kind of come out of nowhere a little bit. But uh, yeah, I do love that film. Uh, and watch it for Cynthia Arrivo because uh, she's great. She's so good. Uh, I think it's a film debut as well. Uh, she's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Jeff Jeff Bridges is great in that. John Hand does a good job. Um, Dakota Johnson actually made me think. Maybe kind of changed my mind on her. Um, <laughs> From the Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, which I've not seen in fairness. I, I shouldn't have probably made my mind up. But, um, exactly. Uh, no, she's good now. She's also very good in Peanut Butter Falcon, which isn't uh, on this, but I watched that uh, a while ago. Uh, I, one film I have watched since uh, this came on is Gross Point Blank, um, which is John Cusack and Minnie Driver. Uh, John Cusack is a hitman, and he returns to his school reunion uh, where he meets uh, the girl he loved uh, at school by me, driver, uh, who is still in town and is a radio host. Uh, it's a comedy. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I think it's a difficult tone to manage where it's a, it's a hitman comedy. And I think a lot of... There's surprisingly many hitman comedies, in fact, uh, and they often don't work. This one, I think, does. Um, maybe I'm nostalgic for the 90s, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah... It, it goes close sometimes to not working, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I saw someone describe the other day as a, a perfect film, which I'm not quite sure is true. I think Mini Dri- this, is, this is a little bit before Manic Pixie Dream Girl was really a big thing, but Mini Driver is a little bit like that, uh, um, which is not great, so- but uh, otherwise, uh, it's good stuff. The Zoe de Chanel very film. Uh, yeah, she does. It's a weird thing where, like, he goes around to her apartment. She opens the door and then runs and jumps on her bed. And I was like, I don't, yep. don't know why yep. you're doing that's that, but that's classic ma- ma- manic pixie dream girl. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I don't have much left, Colin, because I'm running out of letters of the alphabet there. Like, okay, uh, <laughs> but but what? I don't, I don't um, know what that means. But all right, two Die Hard films are on it: Die Hard Two and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, I do. Remember watching Die Hard with Vengeance a lot and liking it because there are puzzles in there. <laughs> the one with the with the jugs and the filling up the. There's a, there's a Simon Says. They definitely cut out that scene where he's got the N word on a sandwich board, uh, right? Definitely, uh, but yeah, there are two Die Hards on it. Um, just just two Die Hards on there. I think there are two Die Hards. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there are only just two Die Hards on it. I don't think the first one's on it. Okay, uh, what about which is a bit surprising. It's very weird. Like Deadpool Two is. Uh, on it. They Deadpool. have got four Die Hards on there. Ah, so I think they've got all, all of them apart from the first one. <laughs> they don't have the rights for that. I guess not. I've never seen the fifth one. Uh, maybe I. Maybe you should now. Maybe I should. I mean, everyone says it's terrible. <laughs> but uh, but I say, does um, Yippie Kaye Mother Russia still one of my favorite film taglines? But not yeah. enough to actually bother watching it. Don't have four was alright. I thought. Um, hmm. What's her name? Within it. Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays uh, his daughter. Uh, fine, uh, I've got I've got loads more, Zijan. 
Oh, they have so much films that you like to watch. Well, quite quite a few of them I haven't seen. Um, Uh, That doesn't count. uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me is on there, uh, which I have seen. Uh, Melissa McCarthy uh, plays someone who fakes uh, letters by celebrities or by um, old writers. Uh, Richard E. Grant was Oscar nominated for his uh, supporting role. He's he's very good. She's very good. Um, It's quite a change of pace from Melissa McCarthy. My list is different from your list. Oh, and that's probably why. Have you got the UK version? Because it's different in different places. I got the independent from the UK one. Uh, uh, yeah, so a word of caution, I guess, for for this uh, for listeners is that uh, what is on Star is very different in different territories, um, based on awkward. Yeah, uh, I guess you must have done this legitimately while still in Malaysia, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. That'll be it. Um, that, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, including the TV series. So there's a quite. I think it's to do with the different rights of who owns what in different countries, and, and they'll probably give it a, a year or two. And I'm sure they'll they'll align more. Although I'm said that Netflix has got very different stuff depending on which country in as well, isn't it? Um, but can you forgive me as well? Worth a watch. Um, uh, the Fault in Our Stars, which I I, I enjoyed. I, I feel you must have seen the Fault in Our Stars, Ian. No, no, I don't watch. Wait, wait, the John Green film, right? Yeah. No. No, that strikes me as something you'd enjoy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley and what's his name? The, uh, uh, Uncle. Al- uh, Erhorts, something. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that, that one. That's the guy. Um, they <laughs> both play young cancer sufferers, which doesn't sound too uplifting, but it is, um, it's, a nice, it's a nice film. It's very touching. Apart from the scene... Where they kiss in Anne Frank's house and everyone applauds them, which is just so weird. Um, but if you ignore that bit and you don't mind a kind of a weepy John Green esque uh, film, it's it's very well acted and um, uh, I think I've only seen it once, but it's worth watching. Uh, I would say, uh, Far from the Madding Crowd, while you're on the F's, um, is a nice adaptation. Kerry Mulligan uh, plays Bathsheba Everdeen in a classic tale. Um, with uh, with strong support, uh, are you are you a man who who enjoys uh, Thomas Hardy, Dijon? I don't think I've seen any Thomas Hardy films before. No, fair enough. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of the. I mean, I'm sure there have been. I'm sure there must be an adaptation of Test of the Durbervilles or something. But uh, yeah, Five Money Crowd is actually a very funny book, which I didn't really associate with Thomas Hardy. But, um, and that, that maybe doesn't entirely translate to the film, but uh, it's a good, it's a good solid adaptation. Kerry Mulligan's always very good uh, in things, so that's that's good. Uh, is your list over, Susan? Because yeah, well, I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm looking what, at the what, clock. What, what, what I'm currently doing right now is going through the list in the UK. And it's like, oh, it's really really bad. <laughs> oh wow, okay. <laughs> the films that are coming out in the UK is like, ugh, yeah, that's why. Uh, yeah, there's some. Pretty. F- there's some films that I definitely do not want to watch at all on Disney Plus in the in the UK. What a shame for my subscription. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of bad stuff. I, I think because they just uh, lifted and dumped the entire back catalogue. Or, or maybe not it, but there's yeah, a- there's some really really awful stuff. Can't so I say the ha- the happening from uh, Ooh, okay. uh, M.I. Shyamalan's there. Planet of the Apes, the 2001. <laughs> yes, that's there. Yeah, yeah. Is on there, like. Uh, uh, shallow hell. Okay. Uh, the French connections on there, which we uh, we talked about in our look back in Oscar, uh, which is a good, yep. good one. Uh, Melinda and Melinda, which is really bad. Um, 
Now, a Crazy Beautiful, Zijan, Crazy Beautiful, a film that I adore. Um, I'm slightly surprised it comes under the star banner, to be honest, because it was a Disney film rather than a Fox film, but that is oh. that is on there. Uh, now, I'm going to talk about some films I've not seen, just to mix things up. <laughs> just to pad out this podcast longer. Just to pad it out. Uh, Nine to Five is on there. Uh, the, what? Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Uh, I've not seen it. I'm told it's great. Um, Working Girl, which in my head I always associate with Nine to Five, uh, is also on there. Um, are you a man who enjoys a spoof? Do you like a, a, a naked gun film? Or an, a- yeah, or an, or well. an airplane? Uh, well, Spy Hard is on there, which apparently is uh, is uh, a, a, a gem, a gem starring Leslie Nielsen as a, a James um, Bond spoof. Uh, I'll move back to films I have seen. Shall I? Uh, Dark Water, which is the uh, Mark Ruffalo film from uh, last year, I think, where basically it's a retelling of Aaron Brockovich. Um, and I talked yep. about it on here before, I think, but it's uh, it's not not bad as it goes. It's uh, a little bit paint by numbers, but um, Mark Ruffalo. Does some solid stuff. You found any more? Oh, I know Dark Water was supposed to be Mark Ruffalo's uh, Oscar bait kind of film, but it didn't turn out that way. No, no, it was a valiant attempt. Um, it felt like it was something he feels very strongly about, but it was a little. It's kind of we've seen it a hundred times before. Um, yeah, exactly. Lo- feisty lawyer fighting for the underdog. Yeah, and and some scenes almost almost scene for scene or word for word from Aaron Brockovich. Um, <laughs> it's like fighting for years and they've got all, just one man against big legal operation and all this and fighting for his uh, fighting for these people's lives Deadpool 2 is on there yeah Deadpool 2 is on it uh, I think I mentioned it earlier um, uh, yeah pretty good uh, especially the end credits which we mentioned multiple times before yes. <laughs> on this yes. podcast which is probably the best end credits ever in a film Ooh, uh, better or worse than 22 Jump Street Ooh. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good shout calling, actually. That's a, that's a very good shout. They're both excellent. They're obviously both. Uh, yeah, and no, I enjoyed uh, both those a lot. Um, they've got some uh, Cone Brothers stuff on here. Um, so Miller's Crossing is on here, which I know uh, your friend, my friend, uh, Dave Park Froud is a big fan of. Um, the search facility is so bad on uh, on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I say they've got some Coen Brothers, and they've got two Coen Brothers, um, Miller's Crossing and uh, The Lady Killers, which I've not seen The Lady Killers. Uh, High Fidelity, if you uh, if you enjoy a bit of um, Nick Hornby, um, and want to, uh, if you've watched here the recently cancelled TV uh, version of it, uh, you can go back and see the original. That's uh, John Cusack again, doing his thing in a record store with a young Jack Black. That's uh, pretty mm. good. I, personally, I prefer Fever Pitch. Um, as a Nick Hornby annotation, which is not, I'm just, I'm Googling it, I'm not Googling, I'm, I'm searching Disney Plus, uh, and I've put in Fever Pitch, there's nothing there, but I put in Fever and I get Frozen Fever. Um, I think the only Nick Hornby annotation I've seen was uh, Starter for 10. Is it Starter for 10? Starter for 10, is that Nick Hornby? I, yeah, I think so. Cool. Um, set in Bristol. Yes. Uh, and mostly filmed in Bristol, but not all filmed in Bristol. Yeah. Quite. I mean, like, isn't Unity Challenge filmed in, filmed in Bristol as well? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm making it no. up. There's a BBC <laughs> in Bristol. There's a BBC in Bristol. Deal or No Deal used to be filmed in Bristol. Uh, the book yeah. is based is written by David Nichols. Um, ah, so you know, wrong, 
Oops. Basically, the Nick Hornby of the uh, of the well, of Bristol. Well, that, that was my contribution <laughs> for this. That's been good. That's been helpful. Uh, <laughs> dodgeball is on there. If you enjoy a bit of, uh, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah, I, I, uh, very true. Dick, dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Uh, the Color of Money, which is a uh, Martin Scorsese film um, with Tom Hanks, not Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise and Paul Newman, uh, a sequel to The Hustler, uh, about a guy who plays snooker. In fact, he goes to play snooker. Uh, and in my view, is better than The Hustler, but no, no one else seems to agree with me on that. Um, although Paul Newman did win an Oscar for it. Um, although it was widely believed that it was kind of a, sorry, we should have given you an Oscar for The Hustler, but we'll give you one now, kind of award. Um, are we done on uh, on Star? I don't know. I think we, we get paid by the minute, we get, so the more we... Well, we better keep going. We better keep just <laughs> listing films. This is, what people, this is what people tune in for, isn't it? <laughs> just listing films. <laughs> yeah, I think we're done. I think we're uh, done. If you have I, enjoyed... I, I was done like 20 minutes ago. Yeah, so. I'm just... <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, if you enjoy WandaVision, you might want to go and see Elizabeth Olsen's breakout film, Martha Marcy May Marlene, which is on, uh, on Star. And it's quite disturbing. Um, basically, it's a girl who's been rescued from a cult. Uh, it's played, played, played by Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, but it's very, it is very disturbing because she she's, hasn't really learned how to um, how to operate. I think all our segments are depressing stuff. Uh, okay. It is fr- we need to build our energy up again in the next one. Uh, she's, very, she's very good at it, but it's depressing. Okay, that was depressing, so I'm going to have I'm gonna have to find a non-depressing one to lift us. <laughs> yes, go on. I'm looking, I'm looking through. I'm looking through. I'm looking through. Good Morning Vietnam is there. That's a... Okay. That's an uplifting film about a horrific war. Um... <laughs> Okay, okay, stop there now. <laughs> is, is that not uplifting enough? I can do. Uh, I can do one more. I can do. Oh, the Darjeeling Limited. There's, there's more Wes Anderson. There you go. It's about people uh, meeting together after their mother's death. Um, is <laughs> let's let's just say that you can't. Yeah, I can't. Okay, run runaway bride. That's an uplifting film. Okay, yeah, that's definitely. There uplifting. we go. Oh, we finished on a, on a lovely note. You can see Richard Gere have his hair dyed an amusing set of colours. Um, and you can see uh, Julia Robertson jumping on the back of a FedEx truck. Oh, I actually really like Runaway Bride. I like Pretty Woman. It's coming out as well. Uh, is Pretty Woman on there? Cool. Yeah, Pretty Woman's cool. on there. Uh, there you go. Uh, if you want to watch a film about a prostitute, make it Pretty Woman. We move on to Look Back in Oscar, where we talk about films that have won the Best Picture Oscar. Uh, and this time round, it's Dancers with Wolves. Zijan, tell us about Dancers with Wolves. So I have to say that okay, Colin, I I've seen this film, I have not seen, and I have not seen this film at the same time. I don't know what that means. Yeah. So <laughs> you watch it with one eye open? No, no. I saw the four-hour special edition version of this. You film. saw the four-hour version? <laughs> yeah. See, Shane. That's the only version I have. I read. I read about it. <laughs> You're a brave man. No wonder you didn't have time to uh, to to work up your star list. You were spending all your time. I was, looking at... Yeah, I was. I was looking at the time. I was like, "This is very. Long. Why is this so long?" And then by the time I realized that it was longer than it should be, I was way too far into it already to end it. So there you go. I watched four hours of it. So it's not a really good representation because obviously my um, it should be based on the original film and not the extended version. Yeah, I, I watched the original version, which is still three hours long. 
Ah, uh, it's just it's long. Um, so this is a nineteen ninety three western film starring and directed by Karen Costner. It was nominated for twelve Academy Awards and won seven, including Best Picture, Director, and Screenplay, which are three of the top five, mm. the big five. Uh, it's about a Union Army lieutenant or lieutenant, uh, what <laughs> played by <laughs> played by Karen Costner, yep. who travels to the American frontier and his dealings with a group of uh. Lakota or the Sioux, um, basically um, Native Americans mm. uh, who are there. Um, so yeah, um, I think given you've spoken most a lot in the previous segment, I'll I'll, I'll do my part Lovely. in this podcast as well. Um, so I think first of all, it's uh, apart from the length of the film <laughs> yep. and the additional one hour that I've seen of this film. Yep. <laughs> um, first of all, this is a stunning film. Like the shots of the American Prairie are just just beautiful mm. like really really beautiful makes me want to actually go there uh, oh, yeah. to, to see it I, I thought it looked, I thought this looks really really good um, and it is it's a, one, of the, one of the Dakotas I feel like is that right what the Dakotas like South Dakota I have no idea yeah, that, might, <laughs> that might not be right it is an epic film uh, it's uh, so as I said, it's very hard for me to comment on the editing because I watched a longer version sure. of it, so it's not really an accurate representation. Which apparently Kevin Costner had nothing to do with the four hour version. No, it does. Uh, yeah. My version had intermission calling. Did yours have one? Uh I mean, in as much as I sometimes paused it and went away to do something else for a bit. But no, I didn't have it didn't have one. Yeah, mine yeah. had a literal intermission nice. for five minutes <laughs> in the middle of film. Okay. So yep. um it is epic. In a many sense of the word, <laughs> epic for me. Wow. Um, so, because of the length of the film uh, that I've seen, uh, there was wonderful character development because you spend a lot of time with these characters. You spend a lot of time getting to know them and getting to um, immerse yourself uh, in the Native American life, which I think was wonderful. Mm. Um, from even like the seemingly mundane things that they do to the exciting things that they do. I think it was done really well. Uh, it was done with a lot of respect. I'm not too sure. I, like, I've not seen any backlash on, on, on this film about the way, you know, um, the Native Americans were treated. So, but from what I can tell, you know, it, it seemed like they've done it quite respectfully. Um, and I love, I think, I pretty much love every, every scene with the, the Sioux. I think uh, everything, every bit in that scene was, was, was yeah. nice the only criticism I've seen of it really is that um, so the, the Pawnee are also in it and they're kind of depicted as this savage attackers oh. and they're saying I did read something saying that the, the, in fact that's not fair and the Sioux were, were more aggressive um, but uh, who, who knows if that's that's just something I saw but, uh, my favourite scene is the buffalo hunting scene alright I thought that was done very well I thought that was very fantastic I was like well, did they actually do the stunts? They look, it looks incredible, right? Like they're actually running, they're riding horses among buffalo. I think that, that, it looks very dangerous. My, it <laughs> it, looks, it did look dangerous. My, my main feeling of that is that buffalo hunting is really easy because there's so many of them. Like, how do you not you just aim wildly? Yeah, and shoot. yeah. You just, just, just th- throw a spear anywhere. You're going to hit a buffalo. <laughs> um, uh, I did not like this film. Uh, no. Just, was it because you didn't watch the four-hour version? Well, of it? I, I thought it was far too long at three hours, so I can't believe you. Um, yeah, I, I have a rule that listeners will know that no film should be longer than two and a half hours. So this this was already too long for me. I didn't hate it, but I think of, of all the of all the best picture films we've done, this was definitely my least favorite. Um, it's the only one where I definitely won't come back and watch it again. I think 
Um, mm. It just felt like it dragged. And, and you're right. I mean, the shots were nice, but I think, well, I can get that on Instagram if I want to just see a picture of the brewery. I don't need to watch a three-hour film to uh, to see that. Uh, Kevin Cost. I thought Kevin Costner's narration was quite odd. Quite just quite, quite flat. Very it? flat. Uh, so he's writing a diary, and we hear we hear him narrating that. Um, I like I like the bit with the wolves. So uh, so he gets his name because he's dancing around. Basically, they see him playing with a wolf. So they call him dancers with wolves. Um, it did seem. As you say, I don't think there's been much backlash, but it's basically um, kind of the Native American way is great and, and the white man is terrible kind of film. Uh, there wasn't a lot... I mean, obviously, well, Kevin Costner's character was, was a decent guy, but pretty much every other... Well, not every other, but a, a large number of the other um, white men, as it were, 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 were the baddies, and I don't think there was lots of nuance in that. Um, it's... So he marries a, a woman called uh, Stands with a Fist. Uh, Played by Mary McDonnell. Mm, who, who, For those who uh, don't know, she's she's Laura Roslin in Battlestar Galactica. All right, I didn't know that. Um, mm. uh, she she's a white woman who basically grew up with uh, with a Sue. And when I saw that, I did I did look this up because I'd recently watched a film called The Searchers, which I talked about here, um, which is based on a true story of of, this, of a of a white girl who. who grew up with native americans and and this in fact was based on that same uh true life story that or that that character was uh, so that that was interesting but yeah it feels like and this, i'm surprised you liked it Zijan, in fact because it, it feel, felt to me a very american film uh, I, I think it's because hmm. uh i broke it up into many bits yeah, uh, yeah okay. and see it and I, I, as i say i didn't really like anything that you know, to do with like native americans because it's like we're just seeing a different culture altogether right so it's like you know going to a different world, yeah, seeing a yeah. different country i like that but i didn't like what i didn't like was the the beginning <laughs> um when when all the confederates were shooting like uh stormtroopers yes uh, so what so the first I, mean, I don't know what the four hour version but in the three hour the first thing we see of him he's basically he's about to have his leg amputated in a in a field hospital and he um, basically doesn't want that to happen so he just puts his boot back on in immense pain and walks out and then he as you say he gets on a horse rides across the confederate ranks pretty much with his arms out waiting to be killed it's a suicide know, mission right? and they all miss him from about five yards <laughs> um, and this inspires his side to victory but I couldn't quite. Yeah, it was it was an interesting character thing. I would say that he was he was greeted as a hero when he was basically trying to get himself killed. But I, yeah. I wasn't sure why we had all this stuff about his leg needing to be amputated, which then apparently was absolutely fine for the rest of the film. Uh, yeah, but yeah, as you say, it won seven Oscars. Um, it didn't win any Baftas, which is which. Um, well, they got a few nominations, quite a few nominations. But that's, I guess it feels like it's a film. Well, Kevin Costner is like the all-American guy, isn't he? And uh, yeah, um, I said he was at that point, and it felt very much a film for American audiences rather than international audiences. But um, there you go, mm-hmm. you enjoyed it. So, yep, cool. Uh, next time, next time we're going back to Active Factor, and in fact, we're doing Kevin Costner. Um, just because I got thinking about the various different things he's been in, um, so we'll touch on this one, I guess. But we'll talk about uh, Kevin Costner's films, which are you will have. Maybe seen more supporting roles than the lead roles? I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe, yeah. Uh, we've finished then our quiz segment. Um, you won't necessarily know this season, but whilst you're away, I won the quiz against Ed. Um, we What did we quiz on? That's quite rare for you to win against it's a guest. It's very rare. Yeah, he pitched in quite easy to begin with. Um, we quizzed on the films of Taika Waititi. 
uh, and I think I beat him 4-3, so it's pretty close. Uh, do you know the name of the uh, the dog in uh, Hunt for the Wilder People? No, did you ask that? We, we both asked that, in fact. Um, uh. Well, in fact, I asked just the one dog. He, he, he asked me to name two dogs from it, and uh, I, I, was, <laughs> I was not able to name the second dog. Anyway, this time we're quizzing on the films that have featured both Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Uh, my favourite comedic duo. Well, one of my favourite comedic duo. Zijan's definitively favourite comedic duo. Um, <laughs> if, if it were up to me, I would ask five questions on Mean Girls, okay? You're a big fan of Mean Girls. I love Mean Girls, come on. So, it's so quotable. But I'll start with a Mean Girls question. Okay. Question one. According to Mean Girls, on which days do they wear pink? Wow, okay. Uh, two days and Thursdays. It's just Wednesdays. Uh, I was taking the average. <laughs> um, fine, I have seen that film, but only once. And uh, I don't, how can you only watch Mean Girls once? I don't think I loved it as much as you. Did. Uh, okay, uh, what is the occupation of Amy Poehler's character in the film Sisters? Oh, I've actually seen this film as well. Oh yeah, and she's the serious one. Uh, is, is it, I'm not sure that's her job. <laughs> no, no, no. But she's definitely the serious one because uh, they always play. Um, one serious character and one okay. one straight character and one outrageous character, right? So uh, she's playing the serious one, but I can't remember what she was. I'm going to go with uh, a state agent. Uh, she's a nurse, uh, which is which is as you say a serious job. Yeah. Uh, question two: In Baby Mama and Sisters, Tina Fey plays characters which share the same first name. What is it? Uh, Kate. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, um, by the way, I think Mean Girls might be the only of the, one of these films that I've seen. Um, <laughs> uh, I've seen three of them. Okay, question two then for you. Um, where in California is wine country predominantly based? Uh, that's like Napa Valley, right? Yeah, it is. Or, yeah, yes, Napa County. Napa Valley, I don't know. Napa, Napa yes. Yeah. Uh, question three. Who was the director for Wine Country? Who I did look at all the directors because I thought you might ask me this and I forgot them all. Um, Jason Moore directed one of them, so I say Jason Moore. No, oh, this is Amy Poehler. Oh yes, of course it was. Uh, question three in Baby Mama, Amy Poehler's character names her child Steph That's, uh, after which singer? Uh, Gwen Stefani. Very good. Yeah. Uh, question four: um, Maya Rudolph, a frequent collaborator with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, have also starred in which two of their films? Oh. Good lord, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, wine Country and Sisters. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, here's your Mean Girls question. Uh, what does Tina oh, Fey's hey. character teach in Mean Girls? Uh, Matt. She does. Um, interestingly... She talks, talks about infinity. Does she? I, yeah. I really don't remember this film. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, question five is a mean. I and I, I bookend this with oh, right. questions. Okay. In Mean Girls, the Plastics dance to which Christmas song for their Christmas pageant in that very famous scene? Oh, I definitely remember that scene. I think it was Santa Baby. Jingle Bell Rock. Jingle Bell Rock. Oh dear. Well, you've um, you've already won, but here you go. You can cement your victory uh, by telling me who directed Anchorman Two. Uh, that's Adam McKay. It is four two, a comfortable victory on on Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Um, I can't for life remember where we are for the year, so <laughs> wherever we were, that's okay. one more for you. I think Probably I might maybe. have been one up, but I could be wrong. Maybe. 
Um, next time we are quizzing on the films of Ben Wheatley. Um, okay. For no reason other than uh, we've we've talked about Ben Wheatley for a while recently. Um, there we go. What what is our main topic next time, Zijun? Uh you are making me watch this. Yes, I am. Since you seem to the love sn- four-hour movies, the Snyder Cut of the Justice are you, League. Are you seriously telling me you wouldn't have watched this? I really would have watched it. Oh, well. I'm not giving them the the, the satisfaction. Well, yes, you but are. Now I am. So, uh, um, it's going to be on Sky Movies and Now TV, which means I'm going to have to work out how to use Now TV. Uh, but you can do a seven-day free trial. So uh, hopefully I can watch okay, this in seven days. Well. But I, I don't know how it works. <laughs> um, but I'll hopefully find out before next time. And we will see you then. Bye.